you believing in the promises of God? Come on, they are yes and they are amen. You know, I really believe, you know, God wants to do something powerful in this place today. He wants to release vision. Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God's prepared for those who love Him. Does anybody love Jesus in this place? Come on, God wants to take us far and beyond where we are right now. He's got promises for you and I to possess. And He's looking for a people who are prepared to say yes and amen to those promises. Come on, how many believe God's got something great for them in 2019? Come on, for Cooper's Church. Not just here in Auckland, but right around New Zealand, right around the world, and right now, we're welcoming in, and I'm going to go through all of them today. So you're ready for this. Get ready for this. I might. I hope I'm not going to miss any out, but we're welcoming in Dunedin, Timaru. We've got Christchurch. We've got Nelson. We've got a group in Westport. We've got Wellington. We've got Lower Huts. We've got Porirua. We've got Masterton. We've got Napier. We've got Hastings. We've got Wanganui. We've got a group in New Plymouth in Tamaranui. We've got Gisborne. We got Tauranga, we got Thames, we got Pukekohe, we got Monaco, we got here in the city, and we got the North Shore, and we have got Tonga as well. Come on, can we just welcome in all those different locations? I'm pretty sure I got them all around New Zealand. If if I didn't, forgive me. You've got to. Uh, Yeah. Oh, Taupo, Carl, and Teddy Brockbank. How could I forget Topo? And, uh, you know, there. Come on, let's give God a hand for all that he's doing, all that he's done. Center of the North Island. There you have it. Well, turn to your neighbor say, you're in for something big today. You're ready to receive the Word of God. Give them a high 10 just as you grab your seat this morning. Wow. How about giving the team a big hand for their song there? Now, when it comes into a new year, I really expect God to speak. In fact, not just arriving upon a new year. Every time I open the Bible, I expect God to say something to me. How many know the Word of God is living and it's powerful? It's alive and it wants to speak to us. In fact, Hebrews talks about how the Word of God is a discern of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So it has the ability to locate us, but not only that, the Word of God has the ability to lift us higher as well. And I really believe, you know, this year is going to be a big year. Because at, at, at the beginning of the year, I said, God, I just need to hear your voice for this year. And I came across a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It's a little bit of a random verse because Paul is sharing about his movements, what he's up to. And he, and he says this in verse 9. He says, there's a wide open door. Everybody say, there's a wide open door. There's a wide open door for a great work here although many oppose me. And I felt the Holy Spirit just land on that passage of Scripture. As you've known over the years, we've had many different themes. And, you know, last year we believed for a year of suddenlies and we saw God do many things in the life of the church. Uh, Last year we talked about how we want to be a church that can't be ignored. You know, that, that everywhere we are, we're carrying Jesus. And, you know, everywhere we go, it's like, uh, you know, God's moving and God's doing something. We, we want to be a church that can't be ignored. We want to be a church that can't be stopped. You know, the message in us is, is powerful. And, and, you know, if God be for us, who could be against us? And, and I really believe the church is an unstoppable force. It's, it's survived history thus far, and it will survive until the day of Jesus' return. In fact, it won't just survive, it will thrive. Because how many know Jesus is returning for a glorious bride? And, and we want to be a church that can't be ignored, can't be stopped. And in the end, we're going to be a church that can't be explained. 
you know, because uh, really, you know, the fact that we're all here together today and we've got all these locations around New Zealand and around the world, it's like many people go, well, how did that happen? You know, and all as I say, well, it's, it's, it's a work of God. It, uh, God is in the middle of this. God is working. And uh, there's some things that happen in life we can't explain. And God wants to do so many good things this year that, that we just have no explanation for them in Jesus' name. But I really felt, you know, when it comes to this verse, you know, there's a what? There's a wide open door. There's a wide open door in front of us. For what? For what? A, a great work here, even though many oppose me. I want to declare right at the beginning, well, it's not quite the beginning of 2019, we're in February already, but I want to declare over this year that there's a wide open door in front of you. 2019 is going to be a year of God opportunities. Come on, I want to prophesy that today. It's going to be a year of possibility, a year of open doors where things have been closed up, where things have been withheld. I want to declare there's going to be a release in Jesus' name. In fact, you know, just as I was reading through this and meditating on it, I came across a post by Dr. Michael Maiden, who's actually going to be with us in a few weeks traveling throughout the country. And uh, I came across this post where he talks about there's going to be a quantum leap in 2019. Now, some of you are thinking about the show that used to play in the 90s. How many remember that show, Quantum Leap? Uh, but what a quantum leap is, it's, it's a sudden large increase or advancement. Now, I really believe in people's lives this year, there's going to be a sudden increase and advancement in their life. In fact, I, I'm believing that we're going to take a quantum leap into our destiny this year. And, and he just shared a verse that comes from Amos chapter 9. It, it's a prophecy and and in the message version, it says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree, he says. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another, you won't be able to keep up. Everything will happen all at once. And everywhere you look, blessings Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hill, and I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They will work in their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. There's a word from God for some of you has been skipping your vegetables. He says, I will plant them. I will plant them in their own land and they will never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God says so. Come on, God, your God says so. What's he saying? He's saying things are gonna happen so fast that, that, that you're gonna swim. You know, one thing back on the, uh, uh, one thing on the back of another. Everything will happen all at once. You know, I, I'm really believing this year that there's going to be an acceleration in the Spirit. As you know, this year we've got Shout Conference again. And uh, the title we've given uh, for Shout Conference is Into All the World. Not just some, but into all the world. That's part of the commission that Jesus gave us before He ascended into heaven, that we're to go into all the world. Uh, I was talking to uh, Daniel Flynn, who uh, heads up thankful, uh, Thank You. And, uh, you know, it's a social enterprise that's having a huge difference, making a big difference in the world. In fact, it's a game-changing social enterprise because they give 100% of their profits to eliminate extreme poverty. You know, I, both Daniel and Justine, you know, heard a word from God in their teens and and just said, we've got to do something about that. And they've stepped out in faith. And, and God's done amazing things. It hasn't been without opposition. But, uh, you know, they've got the largest seller of a hand sanitizer and a whole lot of other products, you know, in Australia. Last year, they launched into New Zealand. And uh, it was a big move. It was a little bit of a crazy move moving into New Zealand. Because how many know New Zealand's not a big market? But they really felt a word from God to come here. 
and uh, they launched in New Zealand. But he says, in my heart, you know, I have this thing about the world. And as we are announcing our theme for next year for Shout, you know, into all the world, uh, you know, something leapt in his spirit and says, said, we're not just going to launch one nation. You know, I really believe that there's going to come a time that we're going to go into all the world all at once. And I was thinking about that, and, it, and something leapt on the inside of me as he was beginning to say that, because, you know, when we had a dream of planting churches in other nations of the world, you know, first of all, you know, years ago, about 18 years ago, Bruce and Helen went to London to establish the church in London. Now, New Zealand and London, they're far apart. How many know that was a big move? And, and taking on one nation, you know, that, that was huge. In fact, uh, one guy came to Bruce at the time and says, why are you doing that? That's crazy. When, when there's so much need here in New Zealand, you know, all the money you're spending to go to London, you know, it could be better used here. And uh, wouldn't it be better used here? Why are you doing that? And Bruce's reply was, well, God told me to do it. Come on. How many know if God's told you to do something, money's not the issue? Obedience is the issue. And, uh, you know, the reason why we're having an impact in Europe is simply because that step of obedience to, to establish a church in London. But, you know, off the back of that, we've been able to plant churches in, in Tonga, followed not long after. Then we were in Switzerland, you know, in Germany. Do you know in Germany right now we're reaching well over a 1,000 people in Germany each and every week? Come on, give God a big clap of praise for it. You know, and then came up not long after that, like the Philippines. You know, again, over a thousand people are gathering on a Sunday in the Philippines. You know, Philippines, then, you know, we've got Italy, we've got the USA, and we've got ministry into India. You know, I, I really believe, yeah, that's amazing. Well, I don't believe, I know, should I say, that, that God's at work. Because that is amazing from New Zealand. We've been able to do this. You know, I was in Brazil, which we're, we're about to launch into, and, you know, there was a world map in, in Brazil on a, on a church's back wall. Do you know, New Zealand wasn't even on the map. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't there. You know, oh, where's New Zealand? I, I was going to show them, but I couldn't show them because it wasn't there. Uh, but, but the Bible says, and I believe there's a promise for our nation, that from the ends of the earth, He will show His glory. You know, God wants to do something from this nation that, that's, that's going to have tremors right around the world. That, that's going to shake the world. And, and I really believe it's going to happen in many places all at the same time. All at once. It's not like going to be, oh, well, this, then. You know, I really believe God wants us to take on more than we can handle. Come on, that's a word from God for some people in this place. Because some of you are going, well, I only can handle this much. Well, with God. Come on, with God, you can do so much more. If you lean into Him and you trust Him and you believe in Him. You know, God wants to do something incredible. You know, this year already, you know, we've launched Equippers Essex. You know, in London right now, in the UK, should I say, we've got four locations. Yeah, you know, already this year we're launched in Flensburg. Some of you don't even know where Flensburg is. It's in Germany. Yeah, you know, do you know right now in Germany there's seven thousand communities that don't have a significant church. It's a nation of eighty million people, and, and there's seven thousand communities that don't have a church. We've got to do something about it. You know, this year we're launching in Rio de Janeiro. I'll get that out right. In Rio, it's easier to say. And, uh, you know, first church in Brazil, a nation of 220 million people. I know we've got a lot of Brazilians here at Equippers right now. All the Brazilians, come on, make some noise right now. Uh, I really believe God's brought you here for a purpose, but I believe we're going to have a, a massive impact in that nation. And we're starting in Rio. This year, we've, we've launched a gathering already in Budapest. Budapest is in the nation of Hungary. And, and, and there's a hunger for God already. You know, two weeks in, and people are responding. There's a gathering together. 
You know, God is doing something. You know, also we're launching in Ghana and Accra this year. In Ghana, which is powerful. Yeah, you know, what God is doing. You know, once it used to be, you know, we'll do one church maybe every, every five years. You know, it got to a point where maybe we'll do a church every year. But now we're doing four or five a year. I really believe there's going to come a time where we're not going to be able to keep up. You know, I can't even remember all the locations in New Zealand. Let alone, you know, in the days to come, it's like we're not going to have time to even be able to list them because it will take the full half an hour of preaching. Of what God, come on, God wants to do something incredible. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, we got to hear the promise of God. You know, this year, yeah, we've got gatherings still happening in Palmerston North and Porirua, and but we're launching in Mosgill. And within our sites, you know, we've got New Plymouth, and, and now already there's a group in Tamaranui meeting. You know, God is about to do something incredible, and it's into all the world. Not just some, you know, I really believe, you know, just I thank you, you know, it's, you know, there's businesses in this place that are going to expand and enlarge and you're going to go in many different directions all at the same time because God wants to use what He's placed within you for global impacts uh, into all the world. What if the gospel wasn't just contained to a building on a Sunday? But we let the message of Jesus spread far and wide, not just into different nations. See, see, our vision isn't just to have a small little church in those nations. Our church, our dream and our desire is to, to infiltrate that society. The kingdom of God is like yeast. It gets in and, and it, makes a, it makes a huge difference. And and you know, into all the world is not just into other nations. We're saying even here in New Zealand, we, we, we want to increase the level of our impact into every sphere in our society. Every area, into, into education, into health, and into arts and entertainment, and into all the mountains of society. You know, you and I are called to, to change those realms. But, but what's it going to take for that to happen? Now, I love what God, uh, God says, Jesus says to the faithful church in Revelation chapter, chapter 3. Listen to what he says. This is the faithful church. In verse 7 it says, The angel of the church in Philadelphia wrote, he said, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you, what has he set before you? An open door. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, there's an open door. There's an open door. I really believe there's an open door right now, and listen to this, that no one can shut. Because if he opens it, nobody can shut it. If he shuts it, nobody can open it. For you have little strength. How many feel like that sometimes, that they have little strength? You know, that they don't have enough. In comparison to what God's called them to, oh man, i got little strength. I'm freaking out right now as to what God's doing. You know, I, I know I can't do it. I know I'm not able. I don't have, you know, everything I need. You know, it says even though you have, Little strength, it says to this church, you have kept my word and not deny my name. I really believe if we're to see God break out, what we need to do is we just simply need to keep his word and not deny his name. Come on, we just need to honor his word as his word, not just a bunch of good ideas. We need to keep his word and you know, put flesh around his word. We need to keep His Word and not deny His name. See, see the key to breakthrough and walking through open doors, I, I really believe, is, is just simply faithfulness and consistency. See, see, when it comes to Vision Sunday, we don't have a new vision today. 
We've just got the same vision, but more of it is unfolding before us because we're just simply being faithful and we're being consistent. And I really believe when you walk with faithfulness and consistencies, you have wide open doors flung open before you. See, faithful in the small leads to being entrusted with big things. In fact, that's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 16. You know, these are three things he, he tests us with but before he entrusts more to us. He, he talks about in verse 10, he says, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Come on, how many want to experience the true riches of heaven? It goes on, and it says, and if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now, before the door swings wide open, God tests us, how do you, with the little, with the little. You know, we've got a big vision, but I really believe our focus needs to be on the little. Because if we're faithful in the little, guess what? God will give us much. We don't need to go searching for the much. God will give it to us. Because faithfulness and consistency swings wide that door. He goes on and talks about faithfulness with money. If you're unfaithful, God can't give you His true riches. And He tests us with our worldly wealth. I've often said money is the lowest form of stewardship. You know, and if we're not faithful with money, why would God entrust to us people? Because how many know people are of so much more value than money? And so He tests our heart with money to see if He can entrust to us people. Come on, how many want to make an impact on this world? How many want to see thousands of people come to Jesus this year? How many want to see their family and friends who don't know God in the house of God? You know, it's their faithfulness even with how we treat money is important. It's like people, you know, this is a big deal because people look to money to do what only God can provide. And that's why Jesus said, hey, you can't serve two masters. You'll either serve God or money. And money can easily become a God because, you know, many of us, we're looking to that for security. But how many know only God can give you true security? And that's why this is an area where God tests us. He tests us with the little things. He tests us with money. And He tests us with what's another person's. How you treat anything is how you will treat eventually everything in your world. Because ultimately, we don't own anything. We're just stewards of this. You know, we don't, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. It's not ours. We're just stewards. And He tests us with another person to see if, you know, how we'll look after what's that, the hire car, the, the rental property, you know, do I need to go on? You know, all the other, are we going to be faithful in that? And he says, until you're faithful there, I can't give you your own. Man, it's gone real quiet in this place. You know, I read yesterday this statement. It says, if the process doesn't make you, uh, the destination will break you. If the process doesn't make you, the destination will break you. Come on, I want to say right, uh, right at the beginning, Vision Sunday. 2019. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the small. Don't don't think little of the big thing also God's put in your heart. But don't despise that day of small beginnings. You know, don't become too big that you overlook the small. You know, uh, one thing I really believe that needs to be a focus going into this year is our small groups or what we call here at Equippers Church is our e-groups. I really believe this is where there's a wide open door. There's a wide open door for what? Some of you are saying for what? For a great work. See, the, the wide open door is, is for a great work. And I, I challenge to say the strength of our church is found in our e-groups. 
is found in our relationships. We often say significant ministry flows out of significant relationship. Now, now how we relate, we don't relate in rows. Some of you right now, your relationship is with the back of somebody else's head. That's what you're looking at. We don't relate in rows. Yeah, we get equipped, we get trained in rows, but relationship happens in circles. It, it, it happens in small gatherings. That's why this is such a, a fundamental part to what church is. Why? Because this is where ministry, people are mobilized into ministry. This is where people are being discipled. Because discipleship happens through relationship. That this is where a lot takes place. Because, you know, I, you know it's important because if it's overlooked, you know, something is missing. And that's where people get disillusioned and frustrated with church. It's like, oh, well, nobody, I don't feel like, you know, anybody cares about me. I'm not being looked after. I'm not being discipled. I want to say, if you're not part of a small group, there's a high chance you won't be looked after. There's a high chance that things will be missed. And it's overlooked, but there's an inbuilt need within us that only can be fulfilled, listen to this, through, the, through God-designed community. And, and that's the church. You know, the church is more than a Sunday meeting. The church met in the temple courts, but they also met house to house. You know, rows are important. We need to gather together to be trained and equipped, but, but we need to lift up the value of the circle where, where we can have meaningful exchanges. You know, God wants to do what? Not, not an average work. He wants to do what? A great work. How many know you can work hard and it still not be a great work? You know, you can work hard and still not find any meaning. What distinguishes a work and a great work? I really believe what distinguishes a great work and a work is, is the meaning you get out of it. You've got to understand, you're born to make a difference. And here's the deal. Work may benefit you, but a great work has got to be all about others. So what's this wide open door God's opening before us? He's a wide open door for a great work. And the great work is all about our ministry to others. Now, now this is big because you and I are selfish by nature. Come on, don't look at me like you're not. There's this natural gravitational pull to look after self, to feed self. But the kingdom operates off a different paradigm. It's all about others. It's about others. Come on, 2019, we're going to make it all about others. It's not about me. It's not about what I receive. You know, I get my feed, get my fill, and then go away. You know, just as long as it benefits me. No, no, church is God saved us. He redeemed us, and He's called us, and He's called us to minister, and He's called us to look out after others. And what small groups, e-groups do is they, they, they provide a platform for this great work to take place. See, the question I want to ask you today is, who's in your circle? Who's in your circle? <laughs> a couple of years ago, our vision was, come on, we need to draw a bigger circle. You know, uh, we need to include more people in our circle. There's people right now who need to be included in your circle. Who You have something to offer them. You can bless them. You know, who's in your circle? I challenge to say you never reach your, your optimum, your full potential as a believer until, you've got to hear me today because I'm speaking short, until you're part of a small group. Until you're part, yeah, as Jesus even had his own small group. And some of you think, well, I, I can live this Christian life without it. Well, are you better than Jesus? Come on, he had a small group, he had a three, he related to, you know, talked through, you know, shared with, prayed with. Come on, you and I need it. And so often we dismiss it, but I believe the health, the wide open door that God wants to open up is through, through, through gathering together and ministry taking place, not just on a Sunday, but right throughout the week. You know, connection, uh, consistent connection unnecessary to any relationship. And relationship is where the life is at. 
without relationship, this is just a concert. It's a relationship. It is a glue that holds the church together. Do you, do you know, studies have been done. Because if we're to be honest, comfort is a God in our society. We all want to be comforted. But, but studies have been done, and they show that healthy people are people uh, who, chase, who chase meaning rather than avoid discomfort. Some of you are right now, I don't want to be a part of a small group because it's, it's uncomfortable. But if you want to be healthy, you've got to chase meaning rather than avoid discomfort. How many know how ministry is uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable to your, your old person, to your, your selfish ways. It's, it's uncomfortable. Why is it uncomfortable? Because in some places, you're going to have to rearrange your schedule to, to, to make room for this. Well, I'm busy. I've got a lot on. I'm doing that. No, you've got to rearrange your schedule to prioritize. It's uncomfortable because, you know, in a lot of places, our calendars are already full. I mean, no, it's comfortable to have opinions. It's comfortable to have opinions without being an example or living out those things. Now, I, I really believe we need to put, you know, flesh on what we believe. And, and here's the deal. You know, some say, well, I just need to spend family time. Well, by going to a small group, you're modeling something to your kids of what a God-honoring relationship looks like. You know, people even, you know, today, you know, use that, oh, you know, I won't go to church, we'll spend it at the t at beach because we need family time. No, no, what's going to build good family is when you center your family around Jesus and, and you model the behavior that you want to see reproduced in your kids. You know, it's like if you want to see your kids worshiping on a Sunday, what do you do? You, you worship because ultimately monkey see, monkey do. You know, they, they see it, and if they see that's where you're getting your life from, you know, you don't have to have it all together, but if they see that's where, you know, you, you draw from, they're going to go, hey, there, there's life, there's freedom there, and, and it's something that we need to model because, you know, a lot of our, you know, we want to send our kids, we want them to be part of a significant small group that champions them, that encourages them in their faith, but, but yeah, we aren't part of that group. Come on, I'm really speaking because I believe this is a big area because some of us, it's like we've been around church. We once were part of a small group. We've done that, tick the box, and we think, whoa, I don't need it any longer. I don't know about you. I need it. That's why I'm in one every week. And I want to say there's a wide open door, a wide open door for a great work here. I don't know if this is what you thought Vision Sunday would be about. But I believe the strength of who we are is not on the big gatherings. The strength of who we are is in the intimate connections when we share our life. Come on, this is how Jesus modeled it. And the stories of our life are written on the hearts of the people that we encounter on a daily basis. What story are you writing on the hearts of the people you encounter on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but I want to write a God story. I, I want my story to register in eternity. You know, I, I want to write something like that. You know, that, that's what, you know, what are we? We're, we're simply a whole lot of friends. Say this, challenging one another to go higher in God. What we are, we're, we're one big team. But within that team, we have teams. We're, we're a team of teams. And great teams, you know, they're not inconsistent and erratic. They have a focus. And this year, you know, I'm saying, come on, could we have a focus to what we're going to do? You know, great teams, a great work. A great work is not necessarily one of grandeur. Sometimes a great work is about volume. Follow me on this. You know, in, in, in John chapter 14, verse 12, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus is saying this, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. How many would like to do the same works that Jesus did? 
He did some cool stuff, man. Same works I've done, and even, but he doesn't stop there, and even greater works. So not just the same works, he said we'll do even greater works. Greater works. Somebody say greater works. Because I'm going to the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. How many know Jesus did some amazing miracles? We're called to do the same, but not just the same. We're even to do more. Now, the more we think, well, how do you top raising somebody from the dead? And what's greater than that? That's, that's up there. Well, maybe it's not greater in grandeur. Maybe it's greater in volume. See, people can easily dismiss something if it happens with one person. But how many know if it's happening all around? You can't ignore that. You know, what if what God did for you, He did it for everyone? Come on, how many have got a testimony of God working in your life? You know, what if he, what He did for you, that, that happened for everyone? What, what if everyone got healed? Come on, what if everyone got saved? Uh, what if everyone was filled with hope and purpose? See, a great work is the multiplication of a good work. A great work. There's a wide open door for a great work here. And a great work is the multiplication of a good work. I really believe, like Jim Collins says, it's time to go from good to great. Because we've got good works going on. But, but what turns a good work into a great work is it doesn't just happen once, it happens everywhere. Come on, we're going into all the world, all at the same time. Come on, God is able to do, what is He able to do? Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Works, where, where's His power? It's in us. And to Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. His power is in us. It's in us individually. But God's meant to get the glory corporately. See, when the power individually is disconnected from the body, it becomes self-seeking. I want the power for me, but the power that God's placed within us is to be connected to the bigger picture. See, our unity, I want to say our unity is God glorifying. In fact, I, I love Pastor Steve, you know, he, he talked about swarm. And, you know, we had a team conference and he was talking about with the Bible college students and, and uh, you know, our leaders, he was talking about the power of swarming together. And the metaphor he used was locusts. Uh, in fact, it's used right throughout the Bible. Uh, powerful message. You know, something grabbed my heart with that. But I don't want to talk about locusts because they're ugly. I want to talk about starling, starling. Here's a, here's a photo of a starling. That's, that, that, that's a starling. And, um, you know, I want to talk about the swarm of starlings. In fact, if we could show what happens when there's a, sw a swarm or a murmuration of starlings. Here's, here's a, a, a picture, uh, you know, a video going up on, on the screen behind. Because, you know, when, when it happens, a murmuration happens, you know, they all fly together. And, and they change direction together. If you see that, it's just like, how do they do that? How do they not crash into one another while they're changing direction? Uh, they fly in this amazing, coordinated way. You know, it's, it's just like, how... How's that? You know, you'd, you'd expect, you know, there to be some accidents and birds fall out of the sky, but, but it doesn't happen. And in fact, I, I read a study on it and it says they've got a, a remarkable ability to remain cohesion as a group in highly uncertain environments and with limited noisy information. In other words, it's not somebody calling out, giving them all instructions. We're going left now. We're going left or we're going right. It's, it's not, but, but, there, but there's this coordination that happens and there's not this whole lot of noise attached to it. In fact, uh, you know, through, through studies, the, 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 the conclusion is focusing on the, the bird's ability to manage uncertainty while also maintaining consensus. They've discovered that the birds accomplish this with the least effort, when each bird attends to seven neighbors. 
It just looks after seven neighbors. And, and in this role of following seven, it says the birds are part of a dynamic system in which the parts combine to make a whole with emergent properties and a murmuration or a swarm results. Yeah, just dynamic. How many know we live in an uncertain world? And what's it, the church, it's meant to be the swarm. That, well, what came up there? I don't know. A, a cat. How did a cat get on the screen? Yeah. That's my last point. <laughs> you know, in, in fact, they say that they move and change direction, and it's often to avoid predators such as the falcon or the cat. <laughs> that wasn't meant to go up there, but, 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 it, but it's that. It's that movement and that cohesion. Uh, that, that's what we're meant to be as a body, where, where, where we fly together. In fact, you know, I really believe God wants us, you know, to, to, to fish, you know, to go fishing this year. But our catch is going to be dependent on our connections and our moving together because for too long we've been fishing with rods. You know, throwing out the rod, expecting to catch one fish. But what we need to do is we need to build nets. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet. It, it, it gathers everything in. And, and a net is dependent on its relationships and the relationships around us. It, it's, it's not just the vertical, but it's, it's the horizontal relationships in our world. And, and it's a net that brings things together. Come on, there's an opportunity, a wide open door for what a, a great work. And lastly, just to finish up, is the, you know, is though even though many oppose me. Now, when I shared the scripture with some people, say that's a strange scripture. You know, really, uh, especially the last part. I get the wide open door. I get the great work, but the many who oppose me. But how many know every opportunity has obstacles? And, and if you're going to do anything significant, you're going to face opposition. Now, I love the fact that Jesus, when he talked about following him, he didn't edit out the bad stuff. He forewarned them of what they were going to have to do, you know, to, to take hold of that vision and the opposition that they will face. He disclosed it in a lot of places right up front. He said, this is what it's going to mean. You could lose your life, but don't worry. In losing your life, you're going to find life. How, how many know there's a lot to gain and giving you all to Jesus. Come on, there's a lot to gain, an eternity to gain, meaning here and now to gain. Come on, it's worth following Jesus. In fact, Jesus said this, listen to this. He said, I assure you that everyone who's given up, given up these things, given up house, or brothers or sisters, or mother or father, or children or property, for my sake and for the good news, will receive now, everyone say now, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. Oh, wow, there's a promise. Anything you give up for Him and for the cause of the kingdom, the promise of God in the Scriptures, you receive a hundred times more. Oh, yeah, count me in for that. But then He goes, along with persecution... I mean, it just doesn't give the good stuff. And go, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention the persecution. I forgot to mention that. No, he includes it. Along with persecution and in the world to come, and the person will have eternal life. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, here's the deal. You're going to face opposition. You know, this isn't going to be all nice and, you know, sweet. Yeah, there's going to be opposition. There's a, there's a wide open door for great work even though many oppose me. But I'm not going to let the opposition take my eyes off the opportunity. Because in a lot of places, people, you know, opportunity and then the, uh, the opposition, you know, they're so focused on the opposition that they lost sight of the opportunity. Yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're going to have to work through some stuff. We're, we've still got some challenges in front of us, but we've got to keep our eyes on the opportunity, the possibility not the opposite. Yeah, many will oppose us, but I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go through some stuff. But how many know opposition makes you a better person? 
You know, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, I'm not saying I've got it all sorted out, but I, but I wouldn't have been further along the journey if I hadn't faced opposition. The, the fact that I faced opposition has made me better. And the fact that you and I face opposition draws out what's in us. You know, I love Paul's view to opposition, to trials. He said in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17, for our present troubles are small. Anything we go through is small. <laughs> Some of you are going, how can you say that? It's going through big. You know, but listen to what Paul says. He says, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Yeah, you know, other versions say they're small, they're temporary. You know, everything in this world is temporary. But what gives us, God gives us is eternal. And we've got to see that. What, what he's saying, whatever you go going through for the cause of Christ, this is what it comes down to. Whatever you do for the cause of Christ and you go through it, it's worth it. Some of you are going, is it worth it? I don't know if I'm going to buy on it because I don't know if it's worth it. I want to say every sacrifice you make for God, here's the deal, it's worth it. Every time you've been misunderstood, you know, for the cause of Christ, it's worth it. Every criticism you've ever had, it, it, it's worth it. You know, in fact, Paul says, I count myself worthy to suffer. I count myself you know, this message that we carry, it's worth it. And I challenge to say anything worthwhile is going to involve some suffering. But I want to say, come on, in every opposition we face, there's an opportunity. And opportunities make us better. Come on, I want to declare, year of opportunity. Come on, year of opportunity. Wide open door. Wide open door for what? Uh, come on, say that. A wide open door for uh, even though many oppose me. How about we have the musicians up? You know, in each of the locations, your pastor's going to come up right now. But there's a wide open door. A wide open door. Yeah, you know, right now for you to make a difference. For you to reach out to somebody else for a great work. What could God do through your life this year? But not just that, what, God, what could God do for us? See, what you've got to understand is with opportunities, like the five foolish virgins found out, they don't last forever. There comes a time where the door shuts and the opportunities cease to exist. It's like, like milk. You know, they have expiry dates. And some of us don't realize that. Some of us think, well, the opportunity will always be around. You know, you know, I'll just wait until I got my life sorted. Wait till it's convenient. It'll never be convenient. You know, the doors shut and things expire. The challenge today is, what are you going to do with the wide open door? Because many of you go, oh, well, wide open door, yeah, for great work. Yeah, but I've got this on now. Yeah, I'll come back to it later, later. Or, or that's not for me. I'll, you know, they could go through. Yeah, cool. But no, the door shuts. And there's expiry. And I, I just want to say, you know, don't let the world fool you. That the opportunities in front of us are always going to exist. Don't get so caught up with life that you... You forget that you're born for eternal purpose. It's not, not just the here and now. It's eternity. And we've got to do everything we can as a church to, to reach out to our world. Because we've only got one life. And it's short. Well, for my grandfather, it's long. He had his 95th birthday yesterday. He shared a speech at the end. And he says, I'm believing for another 12 years. I'm going, wow. <laughs> another 12 years. But, you know, life is short. And what we do here matters in eternity. The fact that the, the things that some of us are worried about right now don't even register, don't even count. But the, it's like the enemy would have us focus there. 
Come on, I want you to lift your eyes and see that there's a wide open door for a great work here. God's anointed you. He's called you. He's chosen you. And if we take that great work, you know, that small group of seven, and we, we marry it with the bigger thing of what God's doing. Come on, we could create a swarm that really is something beautiful that impacts the world into not just some of the world. Come on, into all the world. Come on, let's say that together, into all the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going into all the world this year. Come on, into all the world. There's a wide open door. Come on, there's a wide open door. Some of you are thinking, well, if I had that opportunity, if I, oh, well, you got that opportunity. Each and every one of us have got an opportunity to bless somebody else, to open our mouth, to talk about Jesus, to reach out. There's a wide open door. And if we're faithful with the small, God will entrust to us the large. If we're faithful with what's there, come on, we do that. Man, what could God do? The the story of a Cooper's church is that we're just being faithful with what we have. There's no superstars in this place. There's some amazing gifted people, but you know, it's just faithful. Faithfulness, consistency over 30 something years that has led to opportunities in other nations. Come on, what's God going to do in the next 10 years? Come on, I'm believing for an acceleration in Jesus' name. Come on, what can God do? He, want, he wants to turn our what ifs into what is. What is in front of us? And I believe in the years to come, we're going to testify that, man, it just got out of control. God was moving everywhere all at the same time. In Jesus' name, amen. How about standing to your feet? What we've done is we've got these cards here. And on it, there's some space for you to fill in. Yeah, I'm believing for open doors in these areas. Yeah, maybe in your relationships and maybe an initiative you have in your heart that's got kingdom purpose attached to it. You know, it may be, you know, salvation, maybe an open door. I want you to write down in time or even think maybe you want to write it down later. It's got a magnet on the back just to put up on your fridge. It's on the back backside so people don't see your goals. But, you know, it's, it's like put it up and end of this year. I wonder if we could just pull this out and go, hey, this happened this year. That God did a great work. God did a great work. Yeah, I faced up, but God did a great work. God did a great work in my life. I'm a new person. I've grown this year. I've taken, I've, I've stretched out. And so I want you to take these cards, these magnets there, you know, do it, put it on, you know, what your computer or whatever, just as a reminder, this is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm asking God for. Come on, greater in Jesus' name. Come on, how many can believe for greater? Come on, not just the run of the mill, not the same as last year, but more, more. I want to declare more in Jesus' name, the more of God. We're going to sing this song, song, and maybe you even want to fill it in as we sing this song, but we're we're just going to declare greater things. Come on, there's more to come. There's more to come in Jesus' name. Let's sing this song. Here we go.